0: Welcome to the Yogi MD podcast. It's Nadine, yoga teacher, health coach, and retired doctor, here to bring you and your body together, not in sickness, but in health. Thanks for taking this time for yourself. Hello, everybody. I would like to welcome Allison Wilmis, who is a holistic movement therapist. She is here to talk to us about back pain, which is one of the most common issues that sends people to their doctor's offices. But you can do all kinds of proactive things and seek help in other ways, as Allison will elaborate for us today. Thank you, Allison, so very much for being here. How are you today?
1: I'm great. How are you, Nadine?
0: I am very well, and I am so pleased that you're here to educate us about such a hot-button topic.
1: Well, I'm really excited to let people know more about back pain. As you said, it's one of the leading causes of doctor visits. In fact, 80% of all people will have back pain at some time in their life, and that's a pretty huge number.
0: Yes, it is, and it can be quite debilitating, so it's it's really something important to address. So can you please tell us about why you do this work?
1: Well, about 20 years ago, I developed sacroiliac dysfunction, which is a kind of back pain related to instability around the sacrum. And it causes a constant grinding pain with every movement. And at the time, this wasn't even an acknowledged condition in the medical community and so I was told by my doctor that I was imagining my pain at the time I was also in my first yoga teacher training and my teachers weren't able to help me with the problem either and so it wasn't until shortly after my training that I heard about a master alignment based therapist who worked in Chicago. And so for the next seven years, I went down every week into the city and worked with him, first on relieving my own pain, and then on learning how to help others with their pain. And that was really the beginning of my focus on back pain.
0: Hmm. It must have been quite disconcerting to have this issue and not be able to seek help for it. So do you think that galvanized you to want to learn more and help others not feel so lost?
1: I definitely wanted to help others. It was such a frustrating and anxious time for me. I had to just power through the pain to just get through my day. And, I knew right away that the medical community was not going to be able to help me. And so I kept turning to alternative modalities. And and that's where I found the the support and the information that I needed for myself. And I started to see what a huge problem this is for other people, too, that it wasn't just me. It was so many people. And we don't have to live in pain we can find ways out of it.
0: Mm, I'm glad you brought up that point, because I have definitely come across people who are experiencing chronic pain and feel quite powerless and feel like, well, this is just my existence, and I have to learn to live with this.
1: No, I would say that there are lots of things, and increasingly, more and more Uh, studies are showing that there's a variety of tools that we have. There are things that we can do physically, and there are things that we can do cognitive, emotionally, mentally, to help us get out of pain to live the life that we really want to live. In addition to the physical pieces that I bring to my clients, I add that cognitive emotional part because I'm also a psychology major. And so I understand the importance of harnessing the power of the brain to achieve goals.
0: So let's talk about the different causes of back pain, because that's almost a wastebasket term. There are so many different reasons why a person can be experiencing back pain. So can you talk a little bit about that?
1: I work with clients who have musculoskeletal pain. In other words, those who have pain because they're, of the way they're using their body or because of injuries, as opposed to pain caused by cancer or other disease processes, such as autoimmune diseases. So the clients I work with have pain due to osteoarthritis, and everybody has this. It's also sometimes called spondylosis or degenerative disc disease, but it basically just means wear and tear on the joints. It's, it's a natural process that happens to all of us, but we can move out of that. We can learn to move our bodies gently and uh, to continue to move so that the pain isn't as bad. There's also stenosis, which is narrowing of the spine. Uh, spondylolisthesis is where a higher vertebrae slips over the one that's underneath it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, there are herniations and sciatica, Mm -hmm. hip impingement. There's what I had, sacroiliac dysfunction. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, there's also diastasis recti, which is a separation of the superficial abdominal muscle, usually in women after childbirth. That this causes a lot of back pain for women later in their life. And a lot of the ones that I deal with are the ways people are using their body. So when we slump and we round forward, and this has become so common with all of our sitting, and especially right now, when a lot of us are connecting um, through computers. And then when they go to pick something up. So, that's what really causes a problem. People who have to pick things up with poor posture. So, especially people like nurses or parents, childcare workers, grandparents, doing that action with poor body mechanics can lead to a lot of problems.
0: You definitely want to make sure to rule out other causes of back pain, such as probably a- an infection or a type of cancer that might be advancing and causing nerve pain so that you make sure that it's not something that may need more serious medical intervention. Of course, yes.
1: And most of the people who come to me have already been to their doctor and they've already ruled out those kinds of
0: things. Mm -hmm, Definitely. You mentioned earlier that you sought alternative modalities do you recommend, in addition to what you do, which I'd like to hear a little bit more about, of course, other complementary modalities such as acupuncture, massage, etc., cetera, for back pain?
1: I do. I definitely believe in complementary modalities. I especially like massage as an addition to the movement therapy that I do because it breaks down scar tissue and trigger points. It increases circulation to make working in those areas easier. It provides really good tactile feedback for people. Most people don't have a lot of body awareness of their back body. And so Mm. just even having somebody work on their back helps them to understand, oh, this is where my shoulder blades really are. This is where my ribs are. This is where my spine is. And so that helps them a lot then when we're working on uh, addressing some of the the muscles and um, structures in the back body. And of course, it reduces stress.
0: That's a really good point. I, I really like that you brought that up, that you teach people increased body awareness, that they start to understand their own anatomy and their own maybe dysfunctional movement patterns so that they can empower themselves to correct them.
1: Yes. I definitely want my students to th- Feel things in their body to understand why they're feeling the pain, what it is they're doing that causes the pain, what those signs are, and then what to do to get out of it. So Mm -hmm. once they understand that difference, then they have the tools to stay out of pain forever.
0: Can you talk to me a little bit about why movement therapy versus yoga therapy? What's the difference? I
1: have training in yoga. So I started out as a yoga teacher. And because of the mentoring that I had with that master therapist in Chicago for those many years, I started offering yoga therapy as well. And it was a few years after I had been working as a yoga therapist that the International Association of Yoga Therapists decided to create um, an accreditation program. And I went to one of their approved trainings, which was a year-long training in Dubuque, Minnesota on soma yoga. And so somatics, which is the study of how to consciously connect the brain to the muscles in order to bring about smooth, pain-free movement is infused in the yoga practice. But it doesn't have to be. It can be something apart from that. And so I learned it as both, both ways. And then a few years after that training... I was introduced to primal posture, which is a different alignment system, which is based on how our ancestors used their bodies. And it's still seen in some indigenous cultures today, but that really influenced me. That was, for me, the missing link that I didn't have to really help people get out and stay out of pain. And so I've brought all these different pieces together to this unique combination that I call my wise moves techniques. So what I do doesn't really look like yoga anymore. It's much more related to functional movement. And so I don't want people to um, have the false idea of what I do. And that's why I call what I do movement therapy. And it's holistic because it's looking at the whole pattern of the body, not just one joint. And it incorporates, as I said, those cognitive, emotional parts as well.
0: Wonderful. I really like that. I like that you have taken all of your learning, all of your experience, and even your personal experience, and combined that to make such an important offering for your clients. And I think that's a mark of a great teacher, too, someone who really understands her learning, her strengths, and her positioning and what she can offer.
1: Just like you, Nadine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Can you give us some examples of clients you've helped?
1: Well, lately, I've been working a lot with clients who have sciatica. And many of them have trouble sitting for any period of time. So this is especially a problem for people who work at a desk or who travel a lot. Mm -hmm. As, As an example, Cecilia is one of my clients who wasn't able to sit for two years. And she had to stand at work in order to get anything done. But she and her husband were going to Europe and she knew she had to do something in order to survive the flight. And so we were able to tweak just some of her regular daily movements and then added some strengthening exercises to what she was doing. And she was good to go pretty quickly. And then I have another whole group of clients that seems to have uh, a lot of stenosis And they usually tend to be very involved grandparents. This Mm. is a really painful combination (laughs) because Mm. when you are lifting things and you don't are lifting people, lifting little ones, and you don't have a lot of uh, strength or good body mechanics, you're going to hurt your back. And my client Ted was like that. He does childcare about three days a week with his grandson. But once his grandson started getting a little older, a little bigger, a little heavier, his back was aching more and more. And he did go to his doctor to uh, see what else he could do. And the doctor sent him for PT. But unfortunately, that actually made it worse for him. Hmm. And so he found out about me. He was really afraid that he was going to do something serious with his back. And uh, so I was able to show him how to realign his body so the right muscles could do the work. And, of course, we worked on strengthening. So now he's much more confident and the pain is reduced.
0: I understand you do in-person consultations, of course, but you've also moved into the online realm.
1: I have. It's really exciting because now I can work with people wherever they are. And I'm currently working with somebody in California. I've recently worked with somebody in New Jersey and Texas and looking to branch out to do more of that. Because again, 80% of adults will have back pain and they don't have to. Just learning how to move properly in your body and having the right exercises for you makes such a huge difference.
0: What's an example of an exercise you might do with a client? Something basic that may be common to help most people.
1: Well, an exercise that I actually have a video of on my website is one called the Arch and Flatten. This is a really nice movement for creating a little bit of flexibility and maintaining some mobility in your low back, especially if you're sitting a lot. So great one to do if you're in an airplane or at a desk for a lot of the day. And you would tip your pelvis forward. In other words, lift your tailbone up behind you. And you might even feel just a little bit of tension there. You don't want to create pain. And then very slowly let it relax. You're not collapsing out of it. You're not just sinking down. You're using control as you release that tension. And then you tighten your abdomen. So bringing your Pelvis in the opposite position so that your tailbone lifts up between your legs. So so come it tucks underneath and then you slowly release that. So when you're tightening your abdomen, you'll feel that your low back lengthens and then you slowly release out of that and you go back to tipping forward, creating that tension again. It's just a really simple movement. You could do it even in a meeting. Nobody needs to know that you're doing it. Um, really nice for uh, maintaining circulation and mobility. Um, the video on my site, the person's lying down, but it's the same movement.
0: Is there anything else that you would like to add that we may have left out of our discussion today?
1: Well, I would encourage people to, if they have back pain, and especially if they've already tried a number of other things, to either check out my website or find another person who can help them because there are people who can heal you out of your back pain. You don't have to stay there. It's usually a simpler process and does not involve pain. I think that's one of the things that keeps people from trying other possibilities because there's this fear factor They're afraid that it's going to be this long, drawn-out, expensive, difficult process, and it doesn't have to be. And it also doesn't mean that you have to have more pain. So a lot of the fear that we have contributes to our pain because it makes us brace against any movement at all. And so Hmm. knowing that there are these other There are other ways of getting out of pain, and it doesn't involve those uh, additional pain.
0: And what is your website?
1: My website is wisemoves.info.
0: Wonderful. I will also add that in the show notes as well so people can find you.
1: Thank you so much, Nadine. This has really been fun. And I hope that it was also helpful for your audience.
0: That is exactly why I do this podcast. So I I thank you. (laughs) So what is your personal definition of what it means to be healthy?
1: Stay active, keep moving. And (laughs) if you do that, you're going to probably have a good weight. Good weight probably means you have a plant based diet. You have good sleep habits, ways to reduce stress. You have a good social network and a sense of purpose in your life.
0: Perfect. Thank you so very much.
1: Yeah. uh, Thank you.
0: And now it's time for the Mindful Minute. This Mindful Minute is brought to you by Allison and it is an instruction on how to sit correctly.
1: Hi, I'm Allison Wilmess with Wise Moves, yoga and movement therapy to relieve back pain. We spend so much of our time sitting that it's important to know how to sit correctly. When I need to be active and focused, such as when I'm working on the computer or something at the table, then I sit forward in my chair with one foot closer to the chair than the other. I have my foot under the knee that's in front, and then I have my other foot drawn back under the chair. This angles the knee down. This also lets me tip my pelvis forward, lifting my tailbone, and now my spine stacks over that with a little bit of length. I can bring my shoulders back and then I can work at my table or desk with focus for as long as I want. It doesn't matter which foot is in front of the other, just remember to switch occasionally or whenever you get up and move around.
0: This is just part of the information that she shares. To see the whole thing, please see the YouTube video link in the show notes. If you liked what you heard, Please share this episode with a friend, subscribe, and email me at yogimd at yogimd.net with any questions about the podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next time.